Hello, and welcome to the Morning Bell podcast, where we interview authors, discuss writing-related topics, and talk about the writing process as a whole. If you want any more information about the Morning Bell and what it is, look up themorningbell.net. If you have any questions or suggestions for topics that you'd like to see discussed, email the co-editor of the Morning Bell, Kezia Lebanski, at the email address kezia at themorningbell.net. Thank you, and we hope you enjoy listening. Hello, and welcome to the Morning Bell podcast. My name is Joel Martin, and we're at the Brunswick Street Bookstore, as usual, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke Manley. Luke, how's it going? Uh, good, Joel. What have you been up to? Uh, where to start? Where uh, to just start? Just finished a whole lot of editing for uh, Eisenwald. Um, I'm sure you feel that too now that we've finished it. Yeah, um, yeah. So a lot of editing. Um, and That's writing. right. For people who don't know, we uh, we were contracted on as editors for a, a games project, and we did a lot of that for the last two and two and a bit years. So yeah, that that was our job, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's over and. <laughs> One one of these days we'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about the process and stuff because I think it'll be interesting. In fact, I'd like to bring on a guest that actually knows game writing uh, even more and then we could have a conversation. I think that'd be pretty good. Mm. Yeah, there's something to think about. There you go. But there's a, now there's a big empty spot where the editing There's goes. a hole in your heart. <laughs> you need <laughs> to fill it with love. <laughs> fill it with love. Actually, no, fill it with writing. Maybe. Writing would be better. And, uh, yes, been a lot of writing going on the last couple of weeks. I think you have something to read for us. Oh, I gee, would like... If, if you're not bored. No. The thing is, <laughs> I, I, ha- I, wa- I wanted to eventually get a piece of writing on the podcast, something I could actually listen to. We did a bit of this on the first podcast uh, with Cassandra L, where we did like a separate episode where she read out her entire short story. Mm. What I wanted to do this time is to get a short excerpt from Luke. So after I introduce our guest, we'll go back to Luke and okay. we'll hear a little bit about what he's been writing firsthand. And then we can... Uh, Dig in and critique and <laughs> rip it apart. And, uh, our guest is um, is a literary bombshell, as I like to describe him. He's a that's that's terrible. Actually, that's not a very good. <laughs> no, that, that sounds negative almost. Um, Doctor Livings has published poetry and fiction in Australia and also Britain, Canada, the USA, and Germany. He also has read his work in many venues around Melbourne and in the USA, England, Ireland, and Wales. Earl has a PhD in creative writing and taught professional writing and editing for 17 years. His writing focuses on nature, mythology, and the sacred, and he is currently working on a Dark Ages novel and his next poetry collection. Earl lives in Box Hill with his wife and the seasonal owls, bats, and lorikeets that love the trees around his home. Dr. Livings, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for having me. Yep. Glad to have you on. That's a lot of animals. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, surprising bird, bird amount life, of animals in Melbourne, in suburbia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, it's seasonal, so I mean, it's, they're not all there yeah. at the same time. So, owls. Have you actually seen? Yeah, yeah. We had one in the house one day. One, one of my <laughs> really? poems has written about this uh, this owl that came in through the open back door and landed in our uh, in our kitchen. Wow. Yeah. Was it like terrified, or was it quite calm? Or no, it's quite. It was. It was terrified mm. for, for a while, and then uh, we had to uh, uh, get the kitchen gloves and. Grab it. You didn't call the RSPCA. No, no, no. Just took it back outside and it flew off. Uh, it was a hot night. That's why the back door was open and it just the house was dark and it, it was like a magic it just, moment. It was just flying around. And it was probably just just flew in and then realised oh, what it had done. Mice in the house. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> the state of the house. Yes. Yep. <laughs> you know, it was. Um, I was. I lived uh, a while back in Warburton, um, oh, okay. yeah. and there was this. And we had this big, uh, it was basically like these large, we were, uh, I was house-setting for a while, and there was these large glass windows um, that would look out onto a couple acres of just flat um, uh, pasture, and there's mm. some horses and mm. stuff, it was quite nice. But at about four o'clock when the sun was setting, because it would, the glare would bounce off the window, it looked like you know, more pasture from yeah. outside. Yeah. So every four o'clock we'd hear birds just go slam oh, no. into the windows <laughs> and we'd just see these, um, uh, they were not rosellas. They were rosellas, yeah. yeah. They'd just slam and they'd fall down and they'd fly back and slam back oh, again. No. And so we actually had to like shut the windows. It was a beautiful view, but in order to not get birds killed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that actually happened. But let's talk about writing, Luke. 
Oh, okay. This is the first time we've done an intro with a bit of reading, but I think it's interesting, so go for yeah, it. So I thought I'd bring a chunk of my of the stuff I've been writing recently. I mentioned last week, uh, or last podcast, rather, that I started a new world, so let's see how it goes. Take it away. Do I have a tale? Perhaps. Badlick poured himself another shot of black whiskey, downed it, then poured another and threw that back as well. He grimaced and chuckled his husky chuckle. Near a moon ago, I caught wind of an insurgency group, Oscania pushing into Taratine lands. The fact that I heard about was the kicker for me. If I'd heard about it, news probably gone over the border as well. I smelled blood, so I went to a likely fjord. I spent three days watching, fishing, waiting. Then they come just before the fourth dawn, two score. Oskanian knights mostly, clad in blacksmith's nightmares. But they were accompanied by a couple of sorcerers and witches, probably from down south. I just watch them. It's a cold dawn on the moors, mist everywhere. They make it to the river, but then they pause for a bit and the sorcerer conjures, conjures up a flame to light the crossing. They're emptying the boots on the other side when the Taratines rise up out of the mist and butcher them. One of the witches lights half the ambush on fire before she's cut down, but they're practically on top of the river. What a good that did. The Oscanian screams die down quickly enough. The sobs take a little longer. And there we go. Mm. I like the last bit. Yeah. Just takes, yeah, that's that's really gives you a sense of the uh, of an aftermath of a battle. Yeah, and not many people actually talk about them unless they're talking about the uh, uh, the camp followers that come in and raid and take yeah, yeah. All, take all what the, the uh, the victors haven't taken, but mm. uh, but just the, uh, the the looting, the looting. Yes, exactly. But uh, but that sort of uh, emotional aftermath. Yeah, no. and the fact that the character is just watching, like yeah. purposely watching, not actually getting involved in any way. Yeah, well, that just introduces a mystery about yeah. you know, what what you know, who he is and you know, what what's his. Uh, um, take on all this mm. and uh, yeah no, intriguing yes yeah that was a very strong piece of writing did good. you say fjord <laughs> I did say fjord yeah I was a bit confused about fjord and moors <laughs> oh because of location because yeah. that wouldn't no, I didn't, couldn't see the two of those being together but other than that that was uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say moorland leading to a fjord yeah maybe yeah yeah, but then again, it ma- again, it makes it intriguing about what's this sort of world. Yeah, you know, what, yeah. what world are we actually talking about? So I guess we got some information that we got. It's fantasy. Yep. Uh, darkish fantasy. Did you get that vibe? Uh, not yet. It's not grim dark. It's not, not grim dark. Not, yeah, not yet. Yeah. Could be. Could be. Yeah. yeah. But like the description of the violence and stuff like that. Yeah, it was subtle. Subtle. Was subtle yeah. Grim dark would be just you know, blood and gore. Yeah, so, not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Unless it's done well. Yeah, of course. Grim Duck is very, um, it's very, you I mean, know. If you go over visceral, then it's just pulp. Yeah. It's pulp. That's it's right. pulp, yeah. yeah. So, not that I have anything on, against pulp. It depends on yeah. intention. It yeah. does depend on intention. So, But I mean, it's not much of a, of an extract to actually, you know, deduce yeah. much more than the, yeah. that it's intriguing. And uh, we, we may have an interesting character that's... Uh, um, you're not even sure which side he's on. Yeah. Mm. So no sides. It's good. Mm. Thank yeah. you very much for bringing that on, Luke. Uh, the first brave man to bring on something to read on the live podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Um, but let's talk about what we've been doing this week and change of pace and give you a bit to take a breath from that. Um, what have you been up to, Doctor Livings? Uh, viewing wise or writing wise? I'd say, how was your week? How was my week? Relaxing wise. Relaxing we've got a, wise. We've got section for the viewing. Don't That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is just a, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, just uh, just slowly get uh, getting back into routines from my having just come back from an overseas trip, which again we will talk about later. Um, and um, uh, just basically, yeah, just getting the routines going, um, doing a bit of teaching work. A uh, bit of writing work, um, and um, uh, and visiting friends, catching up with friends since I've been away for so long. Writers have friends. Mm. Sorry, writers have friends. Writers have friends. Yes, <laughs> yes. We we slip them ten bucks underneath the table every <laughs> now and again. Uh, That's right. Uh, um, yes, uh, yeah. Friends, 
my wife has friends too, so I mean, I, you know, I just I just tag along. So. Okay, all right, that makes much more sense. <laughs> all right, yeah. Luke. But writers have writers writers as friends. That's true. So you know, that's true. So there's that as well. <laughs> that's why this podcast exists. Yes, exactly. Bring on our friends. Yep. Um, I do believe it's up to you now, Joel. I already that's right. Read you did. Yep. You did read out your piece. Well, it's on me, I guess. Um, it didn't take me the whole two weeks, but <laughs> <laughs> or did it? <laughs> how many drafts? Yeah, how many drafts? <laughs> Be honest. Um, for me, I've just been writing, um, just like the previous week, a lot more editing, uh, like we were saying uh, at the start on the work on Eisenwald for me. Um, just uh, gearing up for release, um, making sure everything's fine, proofreading, not really much of a proofreader, but uh, having to take that role as well, but um, share it a bit. But it's, uh, yeah, that's been a lot of my week, some all-nighters included (laughs) in that, I think. Uh, As for my own writing, it's good. It's progressing on pace, I think. Trying out a new idea, and I'll leave it at that, because... Uh, yes, the mysteries. Yes. Keep the mysteries. Well, it's early days. You don't exactly. Want to, you don't want to um, because you don't even you don't know to... what that idea is. Yeah. You just have a. You start writing, and you know, it's, for me, it's not a plan, right? You start writing, and then you figure out the plan. Uh, like how, you're a pantser. Yeah, pretty much. In some ways, like I get to about, I don't know. I get to a few chapters in. I stop. I either scrap the story, or then I or plan out where it's going, yeah. and then I figure out what I'm trying to do. Because mm. at that point, I figured out a theme, because like I said before, I, I write on themes, right? So mm. if I can figure out what the theme of my story is, I know how I'm going to plot the story. So mm. okay. it's like a combination, I guess. Mm. I don't know if it's very, uh, what's the word? Um, uh, eco- uh, economical. Yeah. I don't think it is, but <laughs> there's a lot of unfinished uh, thirty pages. Yeah, draft, yeah I was just going to say, what reasons would you actually dump a, uh, an opening that you've written? I don't know. I think it's strength. I think there's enough magic, I guess, in the piece mm. for me to go. Yes, this has got promise. You know, this has got something. Saying that though, I've written pieces where it's taking me. Oh, I've persevered, I guess, and then mostly they're short stories or whatever. Um, well, I guess that's not much in a room to quit anyway. But yeah, I persevere, and then I get to the end, mm-hmm. and then I realize I was on a winner, or you know, yep. there was something to it. Um, mm. But yeah, also submitting a few short stories for short story journals here and there. Um, yeah, that's been what I've been up to this week. Not too much. Not too much relaxing, just... <laughs> been a lot of that um, editing going on. Yeah, that's right. All right, uh, well, let's move on to our next section then. Let's, um, what have you guys been watching this week? Why don't you start it off, Luke? Me? Because hey, I've got you. nothing. All right, let's ask a little... <laughs> All right. Oh, <laughs> what have you been watching <laughs> this week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, I don't tend to watch that much. Mm. Uh, I mean, I haven't been to any movies for a while because I was overseas and no chances then and yeah. only been back a few weeks. Um, but a long while ago I bought, and this is maybe showing something of me, um, I bought the DVD sets of uh, a TV series called Millennium, mm. which was in the mid-90s. Um, which I loved when I when it was on. I watched a few episodes, but I didn't get to watch them all. Mm. So I've been basically picking out on them the last uh, last week or so. You've been feeding, yeah. yeah, working my just it sort of just grabbed me when I mm. when I uh, wanted, wanted to put something on, and uh, so uh, when I have a break during my writing days and around lunchtime, I put it on and watch yeah. one or two episodes and uh, uh, get into it. Yeah. So, for those who don't know what it is, including me, yeah. what's okay, the premise? That's, yeah, I wasn't expecting that question. Well, we don't scorn spoilers in this. Yes. Uh, that's, that's nice. Whatever um, you feel comfortable spoiling is yeah. no, basically no. the rule. It was a, um, <laughs> it was a, a series uh, uh, developed by Chris Carter of, um, of the X-Files fame. Ah, right. It was the second okay. series that he, Fox uh, asked him to develop, writing on the success of X-Files. Uh, they said uh, they want to... Um, uh, develop a new series, um, and so he developed this idea of a, uh, uh, and this is, you know, before the days of CSI and all those sorts of shows. Uh, this is a show about a a, um, a serial killer profiler um, who's got a, a sort of a gift in which he, it's never really explained whether it's a psychic gift, but Chris Carter has always said it isn't. It's more of an empathy gift, mm. 
where he gets flashes of information from uh, from crime scenes and things like that, mm. and um, and uh, so he's recruited into uh, to helping out uh, solving. The first season was all was sort of like serial killer of the mm. week type thing. The second season was more about um, a group that he belongs to called the Millennium Group, which was actually based on a um, a real life. Uh, group in the states called the Academic Group, which was a, which was formed by former FBI agents yep. and things like that to help uh, solve crimes. Uh, and the second season was all about how, with the Millennium coming up, because it, it was playing on the Millennium fears that were, that yeah, were around yeah. in those yeah. days. Uh, so it started to develop the mythology of uh, the end of times and things like that. Again, before a lot of other films and. Uh, um, Shows were actually looking at those sorts of things, so it was quite a groundbreaking show at the mm. time. Stars a really good actor called Lance Henriksen, yeah, who people might know as uh, as a character from the first Alien movie. Oh, okay, yep. Um, and uh, and and his wife is played by Megan Gallagher. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, really great show. I just I loved it then, and uh, I'm enjoying uh, enjoying uh, watching it now. And uh, picked up a book called Back to Frank Black, which is uh, being put out by fans as they're trying to um, garner enough interest to try and revive the show in some so, way. So it's almost like fan fiction, I guess. No, well, the book itself is a collection of essays oh, either right. about okay. the show or interviews with all the, with the creators. Right, so not, um, not fiction. But no, it's not fiction, okay. no. Um, and it's, uh, uh, it's, I think it was based on a website that had been set up to try and generate interest in uh, reviving the show mm. and po- they're looking at trying to make it you know to a movie or, you know using the same characters interesting do you think they'll get get the go ahead oh i think they might yeah it's been a Which while network now was it on at the fox time? originally it was fox yeah okay. um there's a uh i think dark horses or dc no not dc i think are doing a a start of the um, an officially approved uh, millennium comic sounds like a dark horse thing to do yeah it'd be dark probably dark horse <laughs> Um, so, um, uh, so they're building, and and the the, the the two main characters had a daughter, mm. um, and I think they're the, uh, the the comic. I haven't seen it yet. I've tried to order it. Um, uh, I think she's an adult now, right? Because you know, it's sort of like fifteen, uh, yeah. twenty years ago, almost twenty years ago, sort of thing. Um, so, uh, so it'll be interesting to see whether that continues. So I'm in the halfway through the third season now, and I'm slowing down because I don't want it to end. <laughs> you can see it coming. Yes. How yes. many seasons? I only had three. Oh. Yeah. It's a bit like people getting into Firefly now, isn't yeah, it? It's yeah, like, exactly. Oh, that's, that must hurt. That's yeah, that hurts. The, uh, the painful tragedy of Firefly. Mm-hmm. Or, the, or the, uh, the, uh, the TV show that came after Babylon 5, uh, Crus- Crusader. Was it? I think it was called Crusader. No, Crusader. That was written. That was also uh, only went for didn't even go for a season, I think. Yeah. So uh, um, that was uh, yeah. It's, it's a, lot of, a shame when those things happen. A lot of bad things that have too many seasons. And yeah. A lot of good things <laughs> that just don't have enough. Early, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Sometimes yeah. it needs to end quicker. Yeah. Mm. And there's also, and this I guess is the topic about film. So it's it's not so much what I've watched, but it's it ties into that. Sometimes it's good to have an ending. Sometimes it's really good to. To seal it off, you know, you feel like it's mm. got to the pinnacle of where it can go. It can't go any further, and they just have a great finale. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Sometimes well, it's they did, a really that, they nice did that with uh, Deadwood. Yeah, it only went for yeah. three seasons. Yeah, and that was, and I think, it was only planned to go for three seasons. Yeah. Um, Unlike the other one HBO did, which was Rome, and then they cut it off way too early. Even did though, they? Yeah, yeah, it was awful the, the way it was handled. Um, yeah. And I think there's a difference in, you know, if, if something going for three seasons and they know they're ending at the end yeah. of that third season and they can, they can sort of set it exactly. up as a wrap-up. Because they Whereas know that, yeah. If they don't, but if if they 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 don't d- and then they prep and then yeah. they tell, like, halfway through production, that's it. I think that's what happened with Rome. Yeah. It was halfway through, so they just had to, like, rush an ending. Yeah. And it, or, or, yeah. or it's just not renewed. I mean, there's a BBC series I was watching called... Um, uh, what's one of the what's the major street in London that's where the Baker politics street, no it's no, not Baker Street it was the area where Jack the Ripper operated um, are you uh, you're uh, talking about Ripper Street are you no no it's not Ripper Street okay. no, no. you said Jack the Ripper and I was I like know, I'm going know, to go on a no, tangent no, no. Uh, <laughs> and that was that was developing quite an interesting mythology and then they stopped that at the end of the really? second season I think it was and I'm thinking oh, 
but, 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 but what about that woman who looks like yeah. she's immortal? Yeah, wow, yeah. what's going on? And you don't know. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You know, you're sort of you're left in limbo. Or, um, but even with well, I think with Buffy, they continued. They, they continued with in the comic book. Yeah, in the, comic. In the comic series, they actually continued. They made series eight. And yeah. Angel in, as well. Yeah. And I did. I didn't know they did it yeah. with Angel. See, the reason I mentioned Ripper Street is because that's a fear I have. It's because I talked about this at length at one of our previous uh, previous podcasts where I watched uh, season um, three. And because season two was cancelled by the BBC and, you know, there's a huge outcry and Amazon bought the film. Oh, that's right. I heard about it. Revived it yeah. and they gave them, like, license to do what they want, which mm. I, it was kudos to them, you know. Mm. They revived a brilliant show and they just had such liberty mm. in number three where you could see they went off. Yeah. And they went off what, like, could be done. Or like, oh, I'll keep it a bit safe. Yeah. And they really did a fantastic job with three. Mm. But I thought, because the ending on three is so conclusive, I thought, brilliant, ended at three. And now I hear that they didn't just renew it for third season they renewed it for uh, two two more so four and five wow it's trepidation for me even though i love the show to death that's probably why there's a bit of fear because how can you get finished yeah how can it get any better than because you tied off all the arcs yeah it all finished like there's no more character arc than well Mm. from what they've shown us yeah yeah i mean sure they can do the whole like cop drama thing that Mm. was beginning in number one but i don't know if i'd like that, so yeah. I don't know if that would quite cut the um, cut the mustard on that. Mm. Yeah. Hannibal just, got cancelled as I, well. Yeah, I just yeah. heard that. Yeah. yeah, I just remember the name of the series I was talking about. Whitechapel, it's called. Yes, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've heard of the, it. The yeah. area in London where the um, the, the Ripper, yeah. the Ripper murders uh, occurred. So, uh, but uh, but Han- oh, I mean, I haven't even seen Hannibal, so I don't. I know watched whether, the first season. I don't know whether yeah. that's a loss or not. You know, it's a. It was critically acclaimed, um, and that's why people were a bit surprised problem was it was critically acclaimed and the people who watched it loved it but there was not enough people, people watching, watching it, it. Yeah. Um, even though I love the actor that plays Hannibal even I felt like the show was getting a bit old for me in the same mm. way the following like they all have great concepts you know the following you, yeah. you, you, I think you watched the first I think I watched I watched most of the first season yeah, yeah. like I dropped off earlier than you actually yes, yes. because I loved it so much and again a very strong actor playing mm. the villain like an enigmatic really charismatic mm. villain yeah and then it just felt like they were doing the whole cop drama thing a bit too much again. But, well, I mean, that's my section. It's just complaining. <laughs> so. Well, you've got some, some series that do end, some that should end, like Doctor Who. How long has that been going? Oh. No. no. Nobody's no. going to say Doctor Nobody's Who should end. No, no, no. It's still going. No, come on. It's got the best concept you could ever have. Yeah, characters keep, that A going. character yeah. that can keep regenerating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you can bring in extra. You know, I mean, at one one day they're going to have a female Doctor Who. They might probably have a a, a black Doctor Who. And it all makes sense. And it all makes sense. Mm, yeah. And you know, and um, it's 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 a great concept. They've yeah. got, it's just got to make sure the showrunners can keep writing good they've material. Got to keep writing good material. Yeah. That's and uh, that's that's the uh, that's the trick. Or the challenge. Yeah. Uh, or the challenge. Yeah. Um, but uh, when you can range through all of space time. Space and time. I mean, time, that was, that's, yeah. that was yeah. those two concepts. The fact that he could go anywhere, and the fact he could be virtually anyone—that yeah. that gives it longevity. Um, but yeah, you need the writers to uh, to fulfil the uh, and potential. And so far, there have been well in the in the good, reboot. Yeah, yeah I th- I've loved I've loved each of the Doctors. Who's the latest Doctor? Uh, you know? Oh, Peter Capaldi. Yeah, yeah, he's great from, from the Musketeers. That's yeah. how I remember him. Uh, oh, like here we go. He was now. now. Crack knuckles. Uh, <laughs> yes, come on. We're now venturing into Joel. Yeah, uh, this is my territory. Joel territory yeah. here. I just saw a copy of the Three Musketeers actually just down on the yeah, I know. down here. I'm not a fan of the. There was actually an edition which has now a BBC um, series, and uh, I was like, mm. yeah, <laughs> it's a good show. But he played Cardinal Richelieu, yeah, and he did amazing job mm. with it. Like, well, he's a good, he's, a, he's, he's, he's a really he's strong, a really actor. strong actor. Yeah, exactly. Um, but. I'll keep it down. And that's it. That's all I'll say about the Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> Luke, uh, rounding us off with the movies? Oh, well, you haven't said any you watched this time. I mean, I talked about series. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough. Um, I don't know whether to go with both of them or just stop at one. I've been watching for... Might be three or four months now. The Doctor House series, or House. 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 Oh, okay. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. I've really enjoyed that. It's 
It's you got in late. Great to I know it definitely yeah, very yeah, late. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's is it still really going? Or has it been cancelled? No, I think it's finished now. Yeah, it's done. Yeah, I watched the first. Oh, I don't know, three or four seasons of that. Mm, I think I'm only in the middle of the fifth now. Oh, okay, yeah. And, or no, start of the f- sixth, sorry. Yeah, Is he over his addiction? No. Okay. Oh, no, yeah. no, 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 sorry. The episode that I watched recently, the, like the latest one I've seen, was where he's just going to rehab. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I just, it's just really interesting to watch this character who pretty much hates humans and is a doctor. <laughs> You mean Dr. Strange? But in this rehab, he's gone through all these different things and he's not on drugs anymore and he's he's actually kind of engaging with people now and he's he's had this therapist who's pushed him to engage with people and now I'm kind of stuck on a limb wondering what happens in the next episode, of course, but yeah. it's curious because I don't know what's going to happen with the rest of the the season now because does he actually love people now? <laughs> maybe he won't. I'm, will that I'm, make I'm, your, no, will is, that, uh, <laughs> change your opinion of him almost? Maybe. Yeah. But the curious, I mean... The main thing that um, he was confronted with was the fact that he always has to find an answer whether it hurts people or not. And yeah. that's, that's a very curious idea that they play with. I like that. Mm. It's not perfect the way that they do it all the time, but it is curious to watch him sort of push everything to the limit. And he, I don't think he's... Maybe he's lost one patient. I can't recall so far. There's one or maybe two patients all up that he's lost on the show even though he's pushing everything to the limit and kind of like nearly killing everyone and hmm. um, and occasionally have to going off on the side because he's on drugs and he's going mad and all these <laughs> different things. But he still comes up with a solution because, I mean, it's a similar idea to what you get in A Beautiful Mind. When he's in this kind of drug and pain combination, he has a really strong brain. Mm-hmm. Like he can, he can come up sounds, with anything. Sounds like the seven percent solution for uh, Sherlock Holmes, you know? It's sort of a, <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Exactly. He, he's sort of like a Sherlock Holmes in in, uh, yeah. in medicine. Med- yeah, yeah. His personality, Holmes. even. Yeah, sort of yeah, similar. Yeah. Exactly. Mm. So I'm now curious to see whether he's actually lost his what does he call it? Lost his mojo because yes. of the, mm. the drugs. I mean, he still has the the um, he still has he still figured something out during the episode, and he wasn't on drugs, so. Mm. But I wonder if he's lost something else that will be more evident in the medical scene. Mm. Well, screen but right. yeah, no, it's, it's the, really the writers have really done their job. Yeah, they've, 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 they've sucked, sucked you. They've yeah, sucked you into the next episode. <laughs> That's the job, isn't it? Is yeah. to keep it interesting and keep each episode, and you remember that fondly, not just say, "Oh, that was a bit cheap," you know. Mm. And yeah, that's but, always a um, risk. Definitely enjoying the fact that it's not just comedy; it's like a almost a black comedy. The mm. way that he's always he's very, very sharp, very sarcastic. Yeah, yeah. and. It keeps everything kind of funny and sort of, oh, that was awkward. All the yeah. Way That's yeah, very Sherlock Holmes really in that way. Mm. Very sharp. Um, I like, uh, just before you go on to the next one. <laughs> I think I'll skip on the next yeah, one. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was waiting for what the next one was. I'm glad, I actually, I'm glad you called him on that. I, I, I'm glad you called him I on that. I actually want to know because the thing is, to all the listeners out there, is we've just named shows that are old. <laughs> I don't think any of us have talked about a new TV show or movie or theater or anything that we've well, we could recently. talk about what my wife has been watching the last few weeks but i mean then we're talking about reality tv and we don't want to go there <laughs> <laughs> it's not karma wants a wife <laughs> no, i no. think that got cancelled didn't Thank, well no, i don't know no, if it the, did the, the new one yeah the uh married <laughs> married at first sight oh. or something anyway, now i can't get it going. she's not gonna she's not gonna listen to this now i'm not gonna let her listen to this now <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is a bit where I edit. Yes, uh, the, the <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit cut in the uh, podcast. Uh, apologize. Yeah. <laughs> Talking about War and Peace. Uh, oh, sorry about that. <laughs> um, but yeah, what is that second one, Luke? I actually, the second know. one, I was I was going to say it before House because I had less to say about it. But it was Stalingrad? It was a. I, I've not I heard. Think of it was this. a combination effort with American studios and Russian studios. That's kind of interesting remember. to me. I don't yeah. remember. Maybe it's actually one or the other. <laughs> I'm going to get shot when I get home for this. <laughs> but um, a very good uh, film of the Russian side of the Stalingrad attack. And I'm sure there's not very many done on the German side. But mm. but um, mm. the whole sort of hopeless situation where so many people were just butchered there. Yeah, there was very there was poor equipment. I mean, it wasn't terrible equipment, but it's poor equipment, low sort of um, numbers. Or not numbers. There's plenty of numbers, but low low ammunition, low 
um, sort of high mortality rates every time mm. you step out in the street. Um, and the, the moral dilemma of do we shoot someone when he's going for water, um, even if it's like military or non-military. Um, oh, interesting. Kind of it's, a a, the, yep. it's a 2013 film. It's a recent. It is a recent mm. one. That's right. It's not um. a show, though, so I, we can't say that we've talked about a modern show now. Yeah. Well, it's not modern it again. Was it 2013? Yeah, it's 2013. It's a 2013 film. Yeah, okay. I'm guessing that. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. The release. The release. I thought yeah. that was last year. That's not it. But yeah. I remember there was another movie about... The Sniper. Yeah. Yeah. What was it called? Do you know, uh, you know the one of no, the two snipers? The yeah, the uh, two snipers. The that was a good film. American one. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no not, not American, American sniper. sniper. No, no, this was about the uh, Russian and German. Jude Law and Ralph Fiennes or Joseph Fiennes? Joseph Fiennes. Joseph Fiennes, yeah. I think, yeah, yeah. That was a good film. It was a good film. Apparently inaccurate in places, yeah. like, you know, as as, uh, as films do that. Many historical they, films. Even when they're looking at historical yeah. events. But, uh, but, yeah, very, very good film. Enemy mm. at the Gates or Enemy something. Enemy at the Gates, yeah. Enemy at the Gates, yeah. That's it, mm. yeah. Um, yeah, that was a very what good situation film. was that? That's the same thing. Same. And, and they, show the, they show the men running across the, was it No Man's Land, I guess. Mm. And they just, uh, you'd have, what is it, a bullet, and then you'd, one guy would get the gun, another would have two bullets, mm. and another would have no um, uh, weapons at all, and they'd just... Running, send them yeah, they just yeah. put them on boats and so whether or not that's an accurate representation yeah, knows, but it was yeah. very powerful in the film nevertheless mm-hmm. so no that was very good again an old film but uh one of these yeah. days we'll actually be hit with the kids and <laughs> <laughs> well we were going to well, talk wa- about the new I watched films on the oh god on the plane now we're going to on the way no, back plane yeah. films yeah yeah, oh. yeah no, but I, well, they're I always been, yeah. they're always like yeah yeah new releases so yeah, you could new save releases, us here. but it, I, Obviously not memorable. Apparently enough for me not to enough. Remember what it was. Yeah. Go. <laughs> um, yeah. What was it? Oh, it'll come to me probably. Mm. Yeah. I should have thought of it better before, but I was, I was think, mainly thinking about talking about Millennium, and I so I didn't even think about uh, yeah. about the trip. So anyway. Yep. Mm. I think that sort of wraps up the. Oh, we're going to talk about uh, Spider-Man, the new one. That's that's new enough, isn't it? I mean, it's more news. I always find a problem with talking about news because nobody knows anything. It's, Mm. you know, there's just an announcement and then people go crazy about the announcement. Um, I like like film critique rather than um, being a film enthusiast. Yeah. so I meant more about the idea that they're doing another reboot of the, the same. Well, this so is that, my opinion on it. Section. I think it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. End um, of opinion. I mean, I know the the the, the uh, logic. The last time with the Andrew Garfield, uh, yeah, was yeah, that exactly. uh, they had to they had to do another film, or else they would have lost the rights. Yeah, the license. Now, yeah. um, so that I, don't know, I don't know whether that's the same reason they're doing it again this time, or whether it's because they do want to just hook it into hook the, it into uh, the Marvel into universe. the Marvel universe. Ten, Less than ten years since the last one. What's what changes the rights? I don't know. I'd no, I think it's, uh, it's licensed to a company, or and then the rights were going to expire. Yeah, the rights were going to. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, and it was. Uh, yeah, they would lose the rights to yeah. to film it to use the property. But uh, you're a fan of Spider-Man, Doctor Living. So yep. what do you think about the entire like the way they've handled it? I, well, I mean, I wouldn't mind. You know, it, it, it'd be okay if they were doing. New stories, but <laughs> if they're going to go back and reboot the uh, origin, origin stories, then I think we've already seen two origin stories. Yeah. Um, why do another one? Yeah. That, that seems that seems silly. Just to but we, again, it's news. We don't know exactly what they're going to yeah, do. Exactly. Um, it, just because they've got a teenager uh, uh, being the actor it doesn't necessarily mean it, it would be a, an origin story because. You mm. know, uh, you know, Spider-Man, Peter Parker was uh, you know, was a teenager, teenager for, yeah. for a few years, for a, yeah, for for a long time. Yeah, yeah. After he's, he was bitten, so it could be any of the yeah. uh, any story. Hence uh, the immaturity and the problems and yeah. stuff, which if made him such a, a compelling if, hero. If it is an origin story, it probably comes back to my my long time argument of the whole idea that Hollywood only wants to go with the um, hero's journey, and they have to build up a character every time, so they'll do an origin story again because mm. you got to go through the growth well, period and like the the teenage interaction in school period and the well you don't um, need got to be a hero well you don't need an origin story for a hero's journey though because no, you could you but could that's the one that they know that's yeah the yeah that it works for them and best I think with it's the teen audience I think it's a lot to do with the success of maybe like films like Batman Begins for instance because mm. <laughs> because that brought in people that weren't interested in comic books yeah. or mm. comic heroes Super. 
superheroes comic heroes goodness yeah. <laughs> i sound a little old um superheroes but mm. yeah and and that was really successful and and coming to another film very quickly because we need to wrap up and then we'll go to the topic or else we're out of time but uh very quickly it was uh interesting to me the new superman film man of steel mm. i did watch it i was in the crowd of people who didn't like the adaptation of it didn't like it to the point of like you know going on a crusade and saying i hate everything about it definitely had great good strengths about it mm. um but they went down the Batman route of making a bit too dark. Yeah. And the color palette, and this is the only thing that was interesting to me. I went and watched a video of, uh, it was a studio that had taken sections out of the film and removed the filter mm. from the film to show the original color. Oh, yeah. And it looked like Superman. The bright red, blue sky. And there was oh, a very yeah. nice thing they said at the end. And they, they gave a whole analysis of why mm. they think this didn't help. They were saying that Batman is a darker hero. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. a hero that lives in the darkness. That That's half his character. You know, yeah. he's struggling with um, emotional... Pro- half the time, you know, that's his problem. It's himself yeah. uh, dealing with loss and all that stuff. For Superman, it's a completely different problem. Mm, one, I don't think... That, so- yeah. yeah, one, I don't think Superman is a... Compared to Batman, is a very deep character. <laughs> Crucify me for that statement. <laughs> no, but, no, no, no. <laughs> um, but I think the... You know, I love the Christopher Reeve movies. They're one of my favorite films of my childhood, right? Mm. Um, but they put this dark filter on everything they did in this film to try and give it this gritty, grainy look. And there was a really good line the, the studio said at the end. It's Batman flies at night, whereas Superman flies in bright skies. So, yeah, exactly. And yeah. that like summed up why I think that film didn't do very okay. well. Yeah, no, yeah. But uh, yeah. final comments on films or anything you want to talk about? No, no, I think we've covered Fantastic. covered everything. Well, one of the reasons we got Dr. Living's onto this podcast uh, at this time was because we wanted to talk about writer, uh, writer's residencies and the ideas of writer's retreats, um, going away uh, wherever, having some time to yourself, having time to write and dedicate time to writing, um, redrafting or editing or whatever that phase may be, and it, to see how that helps, what it actually helps. Uh, our previous guest talked about writers' residencies in a local environment, in like, uh, for instance, a pub or a club where they'd mm-hmm. like secluded space where you know it's a safe spot for a writer to come, you know, yep. have food provided, etc. But this is more of the classical sort of write, uh, writers' residency. So, mm-hmm. um, I'd love to hear about it. How did it come up? Like, um, what was it all about, and what got you into it? Um, well, it, it's it's really a case of sort of. People you know, really. Mm. Um, in 2013, I went over to the UK for a um, for a conference, and, and then to spend three weeks doing some research for my novel, uh, and uh, and I was booked uh, to stay in a um, a, a, a Wales um, town called Dolgeshlai, and I was talking to um, a, a, an ex student of mine, and who I bumped into again. We're, because we both happened to be doing the same Welsh class. Um, and I was talking to her, and uh, and she said, uh, oh, well, if you're going to Dolgesh, then look up Veronica. You know, she, I met Veronica when I was over there doing doing Welsh classes and stuff. Um, so, Julie, uh, I, when I got to Dolgesh, um, I looked, uh, uh, well, I contacted beforehand, and we organised to, to meet up on the night that I arrived. And, uh, uh, yeah, we got on well. We, uh, we did a... Uh, a walk together called the Precipice Walk, which is near Dolgeshlai. Um, you know, had had some meals um, and just had really good chats about uh, about writing. She's a visual artist. Uh, at that mm. the time, was thinking of doing a PhD. Um, also interested in language, and uh, so we got on really well. And we continued sort of emailing each other after I got back. Uh, and then one of her emails, she talked about the fact that she'd uh, she'd set up a. a a studio complex in a, a smaller village uh, in between, uh, not that far, about 10 miles from Dolgeshlai, a little place called Chorus. Uh, she'd bought a building there and is setting up an artist studios. Um, so uh, it's been refurbished to provide, um, well, there's three single rooms for um, uh, local artists um, and then three double rooms for uh, visiting artists, uh, two of the double rooms are for uh, painters or any sort of visual artist, and one uh, one double room, a bed bedroom, and, a, and an office was uh, set aside for writers. Um, and uh, you know, she was uh, the email talked about applications were open, so I thought, 
I did want to go back to uh, Wales to do some more research and because I love um, the sort of Celtic fringe uh, places around mm. uh, in, in Britain. Um, and I thought this would be a good opportunity to um, uh, to get back over there. And uh, uh, and I'd always wanted to do a residency somewhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, there are the classic residencies that the Australia Council offers. There's one in Rome and there's one in Paris. Uh, and, of course, they're well sought after and very hard to get. Uh, and there are residencies in Australia, um, and I have applied for some of them. Uh, Cottages, I think. There's cottages and things like that. Yeah, there's one in Hobart that I applied for once, and there's Varuna as well, uh, which is in the Blue Mountains. Um, ah, Varuna, that's the one I heard of, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I thought, well, yeah, here's a chance to apply for another one, and it happens to be overseas. And so I applied, and at the time you could apply for anywhere between one and eight weeks, and I thought, well, if I'm going all the way over there, I'm going to stay for eight weeks. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah and I applied and sent sent the got all the forms from Veronica and sent them off and filled them out and sent them off to her about five to one one morning and one o'clock came the answer back, <laughs> you're accepted. I thought, wow, that's one of the fastest <laughs> things I've fastest acceptances or rejections In I've ever In this industry, had. yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, uh, so really, and, and, I mean, it was just, there's a small fee involved mm. and uh, some, some residencies are f- uh, uh, you don't have to pay for yep. anything, and maybe all the food's provided. You know, different residencies have different, different um, things, conditions, yeah. if you like. And uh, so this one had a small fee involved, and uh, and and you cooked your own food. Um, but uh, but generally, it was uh, you know it, it was inexpensive. I mean, the fee involved is a lot less than getting a room in in Wales or anywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, oh, this, geez, this is reasonable. And uh, so really all I had to come up with was the airfare. And uh, and then if I wanted to uh, do any more research, which I decided mm. since I was over there, I may as well. Um, I'd, uh, you know, I'd, then I needed money then for uh, B&Bs or whatever. Yeah. So I ended up going over for around about almost 13 weeks. Mm. Um I arrived there, went down to Kent to uh, a little village called um, oh God, I've had a blank, blank now. Ho- um, oh, I'll think of it later. Um, mm-hmm. uh, to visit some friends in a little village just outside Canterbury. Uh, Bridge is the name of the village. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stayed there for a few days, then travelled to Wales and had eight weeks there. Um, then uh, went up to Manchester, visited another friend for a few days. Went over to Anglesey for a week to do more research and then up to Scotland for a couple of weeks to do research there before coming back to London, uh, visiting an old family friend, old in two senses of the word. She's 93 um, and uh, sort of known our family for Mm. almost all her life um, and then flew back to Melbourne. Um, But uh, the eight weeks in Chorus itself was a fantastic period. Um, You know, and, and... the, the sort of what what your introduction really talked about was sort of what's the benefits or what's the yeah what's, that's right what is what, what what why do a residency mm. um, for me it was yeah two reasons uh, well I suppose at least two one was the fact that um, you, you're getting out of a, a your normal environment uh, you don't have the normal routines and normal uh, obligations that you have if you even when you're working at home. Um, you know, you still might have to cook meals for your partner, or do the dishes, or do the washing, or whatever yeah, that's like right. that. Not that I couldn't, I didn't have to. I, you know, I still had to do my own cooking, but yeah, uh, uh, you know, the sort of the, the conditions were freed up in some degree. Uh, you set your own routines, and um, uh, yeah, it's 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 more dedicated time because, and it's not even dedicated print uh, writing time; it's dedicated thinking time. Mm. Um, you know, I average probably four hours a day or something of pure writing, but yeah, uh, you know, the other times I was just thinking, mm. you know, and or, or reading things or doing research, uh, and th- which brings me to the other reason I wanted to go there was that because I'm writing an art, uh, a book set in the Dark Ages, yep. um, set in effectively in Britain, because there was no Wales or England or Scotland at that time in the sixth century. Um, I wanted to. Um, Double check some some of my settings, if you like. Um, so, um, uh, so I went and did uh, walks around uh, around the the Chorus Village, um, and just to get a sense of the seasons. I haven't been over that part of the world in uh, 
late winter, early spring. So uh, I was going over there for another, another, yeah, just check out another season to get this a season, a sense of the uh, the landscape and the. Uh, and the flora and the fauna. The exact feeling of the cold these yeah, days. Yeah, the cold, yes, yeah. definitely. Uh, the wet. Um, and uh, so it was uh, It was uh, sort of exploratory as well, or, exper- or I should say ex- probably experiential. Yeah. Um, so there's the writing aspect, there's the, the research. Mm. Um, and also I've been learning trying to learn Welsh for several years now. Um, and so it was a chance actually to go over there and do some, mm. do some Welsh classes over there too. Yeah. Um, and practice my Welsh. And, uh, um, and the Welsh is partly because of my own interest. I have, I have Welsh ancestry uh, as well as Scottish ancestry and English ancestry on my father's side. Uh, my mother's side is Belgium and that's a entirely different question there. <laughs> um, but um, uh, again, you know, Wales, the Welsh is a, you know, is close to the British mm-hmm. tongue, yeah. if you like, the original British tongue. And uh, again, I want to learn that not just for my own uh, family reasons, if you like, mm-hmm. but also for getting a, a sense of the um, uh, of the language, uh, the way people talk, the way people talk. But more importantly, uh, I mean, there's a, the whole sense of uh, if you know a, a, pers- a, a, a language, you know the um, the, the mental processes yeah. too behind yeah. the language. Mm-hmm. Uh, Welsh, for example, is a um, uh, well. English is, a, say, a subject-verb object mm. language, yeah. while Welsh is a verb-subject-object. So it's a different structure, which implies a different, a, a slightly different thinking, mm. uh, yeah. thought processes. So it was more. So it was uh, you know, landscape, language, and um, uh, and and the writing. So with. Um you know, when you said it was also for research purposes, mm-hmm. there's a lot of, um, what's the word, uh, backyard archaeologists. Um, <laughs> uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, but but the idea is that why did you, you know, would you say that if somebody, you're writing a book about the Dark Ages, yep, would it be valid if you had just written it from your backyard? If you'd just done the research, you know, the books, the... It you know, would. Whatever. I mean, yes, it could. Uh, I mean, and a lot of people do write books, yep. historical books, just using the uh, information they can gather from you know, libraries yep. and then that monster called the internet. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, mm. um, Google Maps and, and, and all that. Yes, you could you could do that. Um probably a little difficult if you're writing in the southern hemisphere about something in the northern yes. hemisphere yeah. <laughs> again you could still probably get away yeah. with it i mean yeah. there's i can i i've heard of a of a very popular um i think romance writer who who writes novels set in uh, in, in in new york or, or somewhere mm. and she writes in australia so she uh, mm. you obviously can do those sorts of things um but uh yeah there's nothing. There's nothing like going going somewhere and actually checking something. Yeah. You know, getting the smell right or getting the the, the texture right of something. Um, I mean, I don't know what I, you know, I I went over there and tried tried to absorb what I could. I don't know whether it's actually going to be used in the novel. Yeah. Um, but it's there in it's your subconscious. There. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and I had conversations with people. I mean, one of the things about the. Um, uh, the residency, and, I'll, and I'll, I, should, I should mention the name of the residency, which is Studio Maylor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's spelled S-T-I-W-D-I-O, which is the Welsh way of saying studio. Yeah. And Maylor is M-A-E-L-O-R. Incoming many more applications. Yes. Well, that's, what, <laughs> that's what I'm hoping, that uh, more writers would apply for it. Because yeah. there is this writing space as well as the artist space. Mm-hmm. Um, but next door is a pub. Yeah, uh, and uh, which is the only place in town you can get Wi-Fi. So I spent a lot of time in the pub, strictly uh, for Wi-Fi, obviously. Strictly for obviously. Wi-Fi, you know. Yeah. I buy a pint, yeah, just because I'm helping. The, I'm research. Using, research. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, I, I, I talked to locals, and yeah, uh, yeah I got some information about um, uh, about a certain legend mm. that I would not have got from the books. Yeah. Because it's an oral history. It was an oral thing, yeah. Yeah. So there are certain things that just come because you are there. Um, After the residency, I went, as I said, I went to Anglesey um, and and, and found some places that I hadn't known about the last time I was over there. Um, And again, you know, being there, checking some of these Iron Age villages, 
taking measurements. You know, yeah. Looking at the looking at the um, uh, the direction of the do- that the door faces to a to a roundhouse, and why is it why is it facing that way and not another way, mm. and why in the one village is it two, the two doors facing two different ways? Yeah. Um, those are sorts of things that you wouldn't know from not necessarily from book research. Yep. Yep. Um, there's a, a, a sort of an, an analogy to this is is that you can learn a language from a book, but you can't learn. Yeah, you don't learn the the nuances of a mm. language. I was over there and I was getting information about Welsh that I wouldn't have got when I, by learning it over here. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a way of saying the yeah the the sun yeah the the sun is not yeah, the day is nice, uh, but the Welsh the, the the local idiom if you like says the sun is smiling. That's mm. the, that's a translation in, from from yeah, Welsh to English, like a direct translation. Yeah. And and that's yeah you know, sort of that's not something I would have learned necessarily yeah. over here. It's just like that brings, idiom brings the world alive a bit more. Yeah yeah yeah. So yes, you can write backyard, um, but. Um, if if you have the opportunity, uh, then uh, I think it's always good it's to, 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 go. to to do as much practical research, if you like, mm-hmm. or like the word I used before, experience, experiential research. Maybe yeah. that's the word, because yeah. uh, it, it it helps flesh out the world. Um, I mean, people write fantasy novels and yeah. and, and you know, invent their own worlds, but they but they also incorporate a they lot. all incorporate what they know of the world uh, yeah. of the of Earth world, if you mm. like. Uh, into uh, into the smells, the textures, the uh, uh, the sensual details of their worlds. Yeah, um, I'm not. Yeah, you know, imagination is still important, uh, but if, if you can ground it in ground something, it, ground uh, it, yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, an expression I've I've seen is the telling detail, just the one detail that will really just sort of show the reader, mm. you know, your you, authority. Yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, your authority. Yeah, is right, pe- yeah. A lot of people still forget that the word author comes from authority. Mm. No, you're an authority in that world, yeah. um, and part of your task is to demonstrate that authority. Um, and uh, I think uh, try, doing this research in, into the landscape and into language is will help me. I'm not saying every writer should do it; it's just my approach. Yep. Um, yeah. And hopefully, the the um, final product will demonstrate that. But you won't know for another year or two. <laughs> On the base of research, um, I went on like a little camp thing recently, and I was just struck at how I was sort of struck by how um, how long it's been since I've smelled a real fire. Oh, heard it, it is. crackling and watched yes, sort yes. of the embers. Yes, yes, yeah, just so the colours. Many different glows and yeah. one fire. Yeah, yeah exactly. Shades and it's it's amazing. Just a simple thing that we don't have anymore. Mm, mm. So. I mean, we can write about it, but it won't be the same until we've smelled it. Yeah, but, that's right. Yeah. But one thing I was curious about from your residency, um, I've often thought about this myself. I'm kind of resentful of the fact that I'm in Australia. There's like no history <laughs> in the land. I mean, yeah, sorry. There's, there's history, but there's no mixed history. There's no kind of battles and histories of people having like... There's no history there's no, that is... Um, there's no, yeah, the oral history is very strong. Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, sort of with an Aboriginal culture. Yeah, as opposed to like a mixture of like the Romans and the, the mm-hmm. Gauls mm-hmm. and the intermixing. Gauls. Yeah, I mean Different we have cultures. had the Beatles. We have had the battles between the you know the the, the white and the and, yeah. and the indigenous people. I mean that that's our only battles, if you yeah. like, or or Eureka. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, the Eureka Stockade. Still during the modern era. That's though. modern yeah, era. It's still yeah. very modern. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you're referring to like so with, older sort of history, like ancient history. Would you have felt the history in the lands? Oh God, yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I. I mean, I. I feel very much at home over there. Uh, mm. I've written in another for another place. I've talked about it being my spiritual home. Mm. Um, there is a, a, a great sense of uh, of history, not just history, but of the mythology. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. I've. You mentioned W. B. Yeats before, and in, in some in another context, um, there's a, a I've written an essay based on my time that I spent in Sligo, in Ireland, uh, for the W. B. Yeats summer school, and an experience I had over there, uh, where you're walking around Sligo and you turn one corner and there's Knocknaray, uh, which is a mountain, and on top of which is Queen Maeve's tomb, which mm. is a you know, Queen Maeve was a, one of the um, uh, characters in, in, in the Irish tales. 
the tomb is probably a, a, a Bronze Age, not even Bronze Age. It's 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 paleo, probably Paleolithic, mm. but there it is. There's a piece of mythology. You turn around another corner, and there's Ben Dulban, um, which has its mm. Irish yeah. myths associated with it. And 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 W. B. H. wrote poems using both of those. So you, you're within walking, a fairly brief period as well in his life, wasn't it? He was when, he, when like, he was there, yeah. yes. But it was had had a profound S- effect such an on effect, him. Yeah. Um, you know, but you, you're just walking around and you're feeling the myths of mm. the place. Um, yeah. Same when I'm in Wales or when I'm in Scotland, uh, is that yeah, yeah, there are myths there and there are stories there, there are histories there, and then because of my my ancestry, they are part of my yeah. ancestry. Um, and uh, um, one person I stayed with in, in Manchester, uh, Greville Lindop, uh, he and I went and visited a number of sacred sites. Um, and, he's, and as he says, he's, people talk about indigenous races. He mm. says people forget that for the, the Brits, they are the indigenous yeah. race. You know, this is their land. Um, and, yeah, we don't have that over here because we are the invaders. Yeah. We are the colonizers. Uh, we've only been here a little over 200 years. Yeah. We don't yeah. have much of a history, let alone a mythology. Mm. Um, and so um, it's a new world. Yeah, it's a new world, and, and, and mythology. the mythology mm. of this land isn't ours. Yeah, uh, and, yeah, it's a, it's, yeah. Uh, and we can't access it uh, to the same degree as the indigenous people uh, access it because yeah, exactly. they were the ones who created it. Um, so yeah, we are in in some ways a lost people mm. trying to, and it'll probably take maybe a thousand years to develop a history and a mythology that sustains the culture. Yeah. Unless we import it by Americanization of our country or, mm. or the whatever, um, but it's not the same as having it homegrown. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was just say, I know it's a bit of a tangent from the um, the writers' residencies, but I know it's something that I felt really strongly because I was born in Australia and then moved to um, uh, Jordan and Yemen for a lot of my life. I never connected to any of the the land or the mythology or anything. I visited England for two weeks and I just, I was in heaven. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. It felt at home. It was like two weeks. Yeah. It yes. was, it was amazing. Every corner, all the, everything was yep. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> yeah. That's why I want to get and back I there. Yeah. I, I hadn't really known a lot of my roots back then. I sort of knew, sort of knew them. But, but you feel it, right? Walk, yeah, you feel yeah. it. Yeah. Off you the do. Plane and yeah. You're at home. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, and, um, yeah, I, I have, I have, I remember when I was, uh, you know, was much, much younger, I was used to criticize people who sort of say, you know, oh yeah, the motherland, you know, you know yeah. and, uh, and, uh, you know, and I used to think, well, come on, you're Australian, you should be, you know, you should be taking on Australian culture and Australian mm. this and that and, and building this country. And here I am now sort of saying... Uh, but you I, understand. I, I understand the, yeah. that, that pull to... The uh, longing, to, yeah. The longing. I mean, the, the Welsh have a word for it. It's called hiraith. Um, and it is a longing. It's a, and, and it's one of the translations is for long. It's a longing for something that's almost not available. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, I feel that longing. And I, feel, I just certainly want to go back there and uh, spend time again there because it just feels right. Um, yeah, and that's what I hope I can, you know, almost um, as a substitute, try and put into the book. Mm. You because know, that's that when you when you are a, a creator and uh, you, you may not be in the place you want to be, you try and maybe try and recreate that in some slice way, of home. a slice of home in what you are doing, so that you can live it and other people can live it. Well, yeah. um, we're coming up to sort of the end. Well, I didn't actually realize. I just looked over and it's like, oh, well, <laughs> we're well over. But um, I. We, if we had more time, I would definitely dwell on the subject because I'd like to hear like specific examples or like um, stories. But a lot of that can be found through your blogs mm-hmm. um, that you're writing. Yep. And um, since we're near the end, uh, why don't you tell us where people can find you and social media links? Uh, so just just before we get into that, yeah, sure. Um, a short thing for emerging writers, since that's what we're aimed at. Yep. Um, what sort of costs we'll be looking at generally for a writer's residency? Uh well, I uh, I can only talk about this one because I don't know of other uh, other residencies. Um, I mean, I paid my, my, the residency was forty pound a week. Okay, 
yep. it's gone up because she's you know, Veronica has realised that it's it's a pretty good deal, <laughs> um, and and it wasn't covering her costs because uh, yeah. that's that's why she's charged. She's still, yeah, there's heating yeah. costs, yeah. there's all those sorts of things. Um, so, but I think it's only gone up to sixty or seventy mm. pound a week, which is still you know you double that to one hundred and forty dollars. Yeah. I mean that's one night at a hotel, pretty much. You know, yeah. um, so even it's then, a, yeah, and then you've got your food costs. Uh, and obviously the, yeah. the fares to get there and to get back mm-hmm. um, and any other travel costs that you might have, um, buying books over there and then sending them back because you buy too many and you can't take them on your luggage. <laughs> uh, yeah, all those sorts of issues. That's personal problem. That's, that's personal problem. Personal that's problem. right, exactly. That's right, yeah. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it, it's 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 relatively cheap. Uh, but mm-hmm. look, there are residencies in Australia as well, which obviously wouldn't have mm. the uh, travel costs involved. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but for any uh, for emerging riders, um, you know, they're, they're probably harder to get. Yeah. Uh, you know, all residencies are harder to get in mm. one sense uh, because um, you know, they are popular um, and they tend to go to people who've got a. You know, a, a, some sort of track record. Um, so, as with anything, as with anything, you've got to you've got to have to start building yep. your track record, um, and um, and then having a substantial project that you want to spend four or eight weeks. Mm, uh, yeah. I mean, I was uh, I haven't even mentioned it. I was I was working on the next draft of the novel, um, you know, and I thought I was going to get the whole thing redrafted, and that didn't <laughs> that didn't come about. Research, uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> research, and 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 just plot problems mm, and. Ah, uh, yes. Stuff like that, and it only got half, probably only half done for the trip. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, there are lots of uh, lot, you know, lots of places where you can um, just uh, you know, plug in a search engine and yeah. look up writers' res- writers' residencies, and uh, mm. um, and there are yeah, you know, there are even uh, even through um, I think it's through Writers Victoria, they've got residencies at the jail. That's right, at Red yeah. f- at, at the Glenfern. Yeah. yeah, at the Melbourne old you just Melbourne have to Jail. A crime, and you're in there. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, yeah, that's true. But there's the old Melbourne Jail. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, there's a Red, the Glenfern. Yep. Um, so there are there are places in which you can go for the day at least, mm. and you know, and and still be able to have that sense of of, of your own space that's yep. not not um, impinged on by domestic stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but as far as uh, you know, tracking down my mm-hmm. exp- my blog mm-hmm. about the uh, blogs about the trip um i've got a uh, the uh, a blog called the arwen project which is a w e n project uh so it's the arwen project dot blogspot dot com dot a u um and so as you say a, a lot of the um um questions you might have asked about specific stories yeah. of, of things that i did while i was over there like climbing a mountain the wrong way and, uh, <laughs> and things like that. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm survived. I'm here. Um, my boots are showing us the signs of wear and tear, <laughs> yep. though. That's right. Um, yeah, so those They've those sorts character. of stories. They've got character. That's a good point. That's That's right. I like that. Um, yeah, so the stories are up there of, of places that I've uh, visited or experiences that I've had while I was uh, either at the residency or doing the research mm-hmm. uh, afterwards. Um, mm-hmm. And Twitter, Facebook, where people can follow you oh. if you update them. Yeah, jeez, uh, I can't remember my. T- I think Twitter might be Earl underscore Livings. I think, All right, at you know, whatever, and I'm yeah. sure there'll be links on your the, blog. They're, as they're well. on the blog anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay. So um, uh, yeah, I think that they, they definitely are on the blog. So I, I, I don't. You don't tend to use your own your no. own your own <laughs> handle, do you? You sort of you just do something yeah, and it goes right. out there. You sort of you, you don't. It's like some some people don't know their own mobile phone number because they don't ring it <laughs> <laughs> for the longest time. If you're not on yeah. a plan, you got to keep filling it. That's up. That's right. So yeah, yeah. Fill it up. <laughs> oh, um, Luke, wrap us up. What are you doing uh, during the week? Where can we find you? I'm still working on this writing, so my uh, blog's not updating quite as much as it used to. Um, well, I keep it a bit hush hush until I've got something. Yeah. Um, as usual, at the Soul Shard on Twitter or the Soul Shard Chronicles dot com. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. And for the Morning Bell, you can find the Morning Bell at the Morning Bell on Twitter. The Morning Bell dot net is the website. Uh, I believe submissions are now um, closed. 
they're not closed apparently uh, yes with yeah the editors in the background like yeah <laughs> so the submissions aren't closed it'll be closed on the 30th of this month so um, and what about you and yeah, where do you get it? You, yeah, come on. Where, where, where we, a, where do we find you? And B, what are you doing in the next week? <laughs> oh, or so? I've got it all lined up. You yeah. can find me at the Pen of Joel on uh, Twitter, at the Pen of Joel on YouTube, and thepenofjoel.com on my website. Universal branding, unified <laughs> branding. Yes, that's it. that's one of the tricks, isn't it? That's one of the tricks. Yes. Too bad I don't update most of it. <laughs> <laughs> but if you want announcements as to the podcast, it's best just to follow me on Twitter. Ask me questions there, and I'll ask the next guest if you have any questions as well. So, yeah, be happy to see you live at the venue or online. Thank you very much for joining us, and thank you, uh, Dr. Livings, for coming on to this podcast. Well, thanks again for inviting me and uh, and uh, uh, having a uh, really good chat about uh, all things story-based, really. Yep. You know, yeah. Films, TV, writing, yeah, it's all, it's all been good. I've enjoyed it. Pleasure to have you, and we'll definitely thank have you. you on in the future. Thanks, Joel. Thanks, Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next podcast.